So, so the, re the reports are becoming more uh, interactive as, as technology is available to us. Uh, and that puts the customer in more control of, than they have had in the past of actually participating in the inspection. So it's been, it's, it's been a great tool for us to bring to the market as one of the only home inspection companies that does this. Uh, and the customers really love it. They have the, that's some great feedback from it. And sometimes they don't even call with any questions because everything was so um, clear to them when they went through this 360 tour. Welcome to the Got Your Six Real Estate Podcast. In the military, Got Six means I've got your back. If you're a real estate buyer, seller, investor, or anyone who is committed to the Got Your Six mantra, ensuring that every client, neighbor, and community member feels supported in their property journey, or you're lucky enough to find yourself in the right place. My name is Kevin Anazok, and I'm your host. Each week, we talk with successful real estate experts, veterans, and community leaders who are willing to share their insights, trade secrets, and mindsets that help them to succeed. There's no fluff, just straight to the point content that prioritizes one thing above all, your success. So without further ado, let's get started. Welcome to the Got Your Six podcast. This is Kevin Amazuk, your host. And today I'm here with John Lynch. Welcome, John. Hello. And you're with Pillar to Post. I guess maybe tell me a little bit about John and Pillar to Post and what you all do. Sure. Uh, well, I'm John Lynch. My company name is Pillar to Post Home Inspectors. Uh, I'm part of a franchise organization that was started back in 1995. Uh, I started my business in 1998, so we're coming up on 25 years uh, doing home inspections here on the peninsula. Wow. So the franchise itself has about 500 franchisees across the United States and Canada. Um, we do home inspections. We also provide additional services with those home inspections, such as uh, mold sampling, um, air quality uh, testing, water sampling, uh, radon testing, um, termite and moisture reports as well. well. So you've been around the local real estate business a good while, uh, and you had mentioned off, uh, right before we got started that you just came back from an industry trade show. How's the business changed over 25 years? Well, over the years, I've gotten to see ups and downs. Uh, there's been more ups than downs, but the downs uh, tend to leave, uh, leave an impression on you. Um, the, recently, the business has changed over the past couple of years because of uh, shortages on inventory. Uh, very much uh, fewer houses going on the market. Therefore, there's, uh, it's a competitive situation for uh, buyers um, when they're getting ready to purchase a home. And when it gets competitive for buyers and there are multiple offers on a house, uh, they tend to um, waive contingencies. And one of those contingencies that were waived quite a bit over the past few years has been the home inspection. And while we were new to it over the past maybe two or three years, this has been something that's been going on across the U.S. and Canada Oh, for about six or eight years in different markets. So and that's pretty dangerous, isn't it? It could be. It depends on uh, how, you know, we've always uh, thought that if you were a, a seasoned home buyer and, you know, you've bought three or four different houses in the past or over your lifetime, you've got some experience on what you're looking at and looking for. But um, sometimes you could get in deep trouble if you're not having a home inspection. Yeah, absolutely. Because you don't know what's behind the scenes without a professional digging in and i saw lots of contracts like that over the pandemic 
And now that we're kind of in a more, maybe a bit more of a balanced market, uh, I am seeing realtors post on their websites and Facebook like, oh, I never let a client waive a home inspection. That's never a good idea. But it did go for a run there where I would see contracts pretty regularly where it was waived. But I also see some home inspections sometimes that are significant. Yeah, I, I have a customer right now. Uh, he's in Central Virginia and he's purchasing a house on the water and their home inspection had over 50 items and some of them were really significant, like a whole deck was rotted out, retaining wall was rotted out. It was some very expensive items on there that they wouldn't have known about without the home inspection. Right, exactly. And you know, the home inspection is really designed to give you information about the house. And a home inspector goes to areas and looks at items generally that you're not looking at as a, as a homeowner or even a realtor uh, might not be looking at. Um, so we're going in places like crawl spaces, um, deep dark areas of the basement, on the roof, into the attic space, uh, all of the areas that are just not visible to a home buyer or a realtor when you're walking through looking at a house, let's say during a pre preview or an open house. Um, so we take the time to take a look around and see what's going on. Yeah, so I guess tell me what, what's that like? So somebody says, hey, I want to buy a house. I'm getting a home inspection. Pillar to post comes recommended. What is that process like? They meet you at the house. Do they go there with you? You know, tell us a little bit about what that looks like. Sure. The home inspection process, well, it's a process. You know, it's a, we, when you call to book an inspection at our office or when we call to confirm that your inspection has been booked, if it was booked by your realtor, uh, we're going to ask you a couple of questions. You know, um, do you have any concerns about the property? Uh, we're also going to give you some information as to what you should be doing during the home inspection process. Uh, the home inspection itself takes anywhere from two and a half to three hours and more, depending on the size of the home and the condition of the home. Uh, we always invite, we would love to have 100% of our home buyers with us during that time, during the home inspection itself. Uh, this way, you get a chance to see what we're looking at and what we're reporting on. Uh, there, things look a lot different in writing with a photo versus being there, seeing what's going on and having a conversation on what a deficiency is, for instance, and, and what a proper repair would be. Sometimes very simple. Um, we could talk about that and that could, we can move that off your plate as far as an area of concern. Uh, or if something needs to be a little bit more involved or further investigation that might be needed, like, um, oh, let's say a foundation that might need repair or some extensive structural damage in the crawl space due to like moisture damage, for instance. Uh, those are all things that we talk about and, you know, part of the education and, and during the inspection process is, is finding out how the house works and what you can anticipate as far as maintenance is concerned over an extended period of time. I think that's probably more, well, it's, it's always been important to me as a home inspector, but um, during the period now when we have uh, a contingency that might be uh, a home inspection for information only purposes, which is very popular right now, uh, this will give you uh, the information you need in order to make the informed decision. And in many instances, more often than not, helps you uh, become more comfortable with the decision that you've already made and moving forward.
So. Sure, sure. And just to know if there's anything hidden that you know you're going to have to deal with right away. Exactly. Yeah. And I've used Pillow to Post, uh, purchased several houses, and being there makes a huge difference because just like you said, something on paper may look significant and there may be items listed that are fairly minor and they could be easy fixes or some of them are just recommendations. Now, let's say there is a list of items on the house do you all give like a cost estimate to fix or is it just kind of a pointing out the issues we point out the issues and we do have the ability to get uh, cost to cure or estimates for repair we uh, work through our uh, an online company called boss cat that uh, when a customer a home buyer receives a copy of our inspection report they have the opportunity to check a box and a, an estimate can be generated uh, through artificial intelligence based on whatever the current repair guide estimate is for the region uh, and they can get a good idea of what a repair might cost that they're looking at. Okay. Now, do you have any idea, or I guess let's phrase it this way, do you see consistent issues in our areas or something like, oh, I see this a lot, you know, what, what comes up? often and what are things that come up a lot that shouldn't be a deal breaker? Sure, more often than not, uh, the biggest thing that we see regionally that's common is moisture damage. And it could be moisture damage on the outside of the house with you know, trim and siding on the, on the house exterior uh, and or moisture related issues in a crawl space, which are very, very common in the area, uh, but very problematic. So even though a lot of crawl spaces in the area would be typical that you would have a high moisture level on the crawl space, it's never good that you have a high moisture level on the crawl space. So um, that, um, the moisture level, it varies uh, season to season. And we're gonna have higher moisture levels in the summer months versus the winter. Uh, and over an extended period of time, those moisture levels generally lead to fungal growth, which ultimately starts to eat away at the wood structure. So the longer the moisture stays in the crawl space, um, the more damage you have over an extended period of time. So that would be one of the common issues that we see. And then more often than not, uh, another issue that we might see is would be mechanical, uh, older HVAC equipment, for instance, or, or heating equipment uh, that has not been well-maintained. So generally when, when we have little to no maintenance on equipment, uh, it tends to um, reveal issues earlier in the lifespan versus later. So, so some, some pretty simple maintenance uh, can really extend the service life on your equipment. Cool. Fun questions. What is the most challenging property you've ever looked at? And like, what's the craziest thing you've ever seen? Oh, okay. <laughs> well, challenging, I, I think uh, the, one of the, well, challenging would be uh, large properties. So, uh, we've inspected houses that have been 22,000 square feet. Wow. Uh, me and uh, one of my other inspectors. And then we've also have uh, larger properties that are older. So uh, so we've inspected properties that uh, uh, one property, uh, for instance, was um, built in 1697 and it was uh, over 5,000 square feet. So uh, so it's pretty interesting getting involved in an older structure. Mm -hmm. um, in, in that, I was hired by an engineer. An engineer was, was hired to do the inspection. And he brought me along as a home inspector, looking at home inspection items, and he took care of the structural items. So it was, it was uh, pretty interesting. We got to inspect a lot of outbuildings and uh, a lot of history on the property. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. 
Have you seen some crazy things? Oh, crazy things. Yeah, oh, well, snakes and uh, <laughs> things that are living in crawl spaces, certainly. I, I was uh, inspecting a house in Kings Mill uh, one day, and when I got ready to go into the crawl space, I saw a pair of eyes glowing or reflecting in my the light of my from my flashlight. And uh, as I backed myself out, I um, I told the homeowner, listen, you have um, an animal in the crawl space. If you could, I gave him a number of a pest control contractor to come remove the, remove the animal. And it uh, turns out that um, I ran into the pest guy a couple of days later and he, I said, wow, that looked like it was a big animal. What was it? And he said, John, that was the biggest cat I ever did see. <laughs> so so uh, I'm uh, guessing it wasn't their cat. Uh, no, it wasn't their cat. It was a, a feral cat. I'm sure it was ferocious. And mm -hmm. That's what scared me. But uh, uh, but I'm a little more calm now as I've gotten a little bit older. And uh, I tend to, uh, if I see the eyes looking out, try to see what it is before I uh, give the uh, runaway screaming. Uh, so. Yeah, I'm sure that would be quite surprising. And most folks that I talk to that are in real estate and go into houses, even appraisers, whomever, snakes is the number one thing that always comes up. It does, yes. Yeah. Yep. So in the Got Your Six podcast, you know, we're here to help anybody who's uh, looking for folks to have their back. But we do have a, a particular focus on military families, military individuals moving to our area. Are there any specific needs or expectations for a military family? And I guess off the top of my head, I'm thinking logistics of maybe people who are purchasing here that aren't here. Maybe they're still stationed overseas and having to do things electronically or with video. Like, how do you typically handle that if the buyer can't be here for the inspection? Yeah, that's, that's one of the uh, drawbacks that uh, a military family that's relocating into the area might have is not being there for the inspection, not being able to uh, take part in the face-to-face -face, uh, standing there in the property with us as we're doing the inspection. Uh, a couple of things that we, we, in years past, what we've always done was made ourselves available once the, uh, the, the buyer has received a copy of the report, no matter where they are around the world, uh, we generally make ourselves available for a conversation. We, you know, we might schedule a, a day and time that we can do a follow-up where they're reading the report uh, and then asking questions as they're going through. So we we continue to do that. And one of the things we've introduced um, a couple of years ago, about uh, two or three years ago, is the Pillar to Post 360 inspection uh, report. Uh, so when we're in the inspection, not only do we uh, um, enclose uh, photos of, of defects or locations of, of important items like uh, their uh, heating and air conditioning equipment, their water heater, shutoff valves, those types of things. Uh, we take 360 images of each of the rooms and then on the exterior of the house. And if there are any deficiencies or anything that's noted in that room, uh, the customer can click on the image, they can enter the room and do a 360 in the room. They can see every wall, floor, and ceiling, and then they can see any deficiency or any note that the home inspector made in that portion of the report. Um, when we do a, a premium inspection with that, uh, it also adds a copy of the floor plan. So there's a measured floor plan in that in the report that they receive as well. So so the re the reports are becoming more uh, interactive as as technology is available to us, uh, and that puts the customer in more control of than they have had in the past. 
of actually participating in the inspection. So it's been it's it's been a great tool for us to bring to the market as one of the only home inspection companies that does this, uh, and the customers really love it. They have the had some great feedback from it, and sometimes they don't even call with any questions because everything was so. Um, clear to them when they went through this 360 tour. I would think that'd be helpful too, even post-purchase, because when you're going through the home purchase process, you're drinking in information through a fire hose. And afterwards, maybe it's like, what what was it on the home inspection we were supposed to do? What, what are the things you need to fix? What was the maintenance that needs to be done? And they would have all of that right there at their fingertips. Right. It's the, the whole process, we, you, know, you mentioned it, it's, it's overwhelming for, for buyers. So um, having this information available to them and when everything settles down, um, they get to go back and look at it once again just to see what, what things were like. And you know, if, there was a, if there were maintenance recommendations, they can certainly see that on the report and then create their own to-do list. Uh, that could be knocked out or taken care of on their own time, at, you know, at their own pace, which is probably the better way to do it. This way you're not pressed for, you can always get your own estimates or find a good qualified contractor to do whatever work you want to do. I would definitely show up for my home inspection, number one, for the information, of course, but number two, I saw on your website that y'all have snacks available. <laughs> okay. So I, I was pretty much sold right there. <laughs> Now, let's talk a bit about how you got into the business. How did you become a home inspector? Yeah, was, um, I was, uh, I started this 25 years ago, or at least purchased uh, uh, my portion of the franchise uh, back in 1998. And uh, I was in a, a different business, um, in the automotive business, but I grew up in the construction business up in New York City. Okay. And, um, you know, when, uh, when I was, at 30, 31 years of age or 31 years old, I wanted to do something on my own and everything kept coming back to what I knew best. And I knew how a house works. So I wanted, to, I had thought about getting into a painting company or doing some type of repair. And then my problem as, as I do repairs is I, I'm slow and I never think my work is good enough to charge somebody. So, uh, and then my wife knew, oh, you're not doing because we'll never make it. But, <laughs> hey, well, how about this home inspection thing? So we kept coming on this, uh, coming uh, around to home inspection as we're looking around. And uh, I sat down with uh, a couple of home inspectors, spoke to them. Uh, I spoke to a couple of my friends that were in the contracting business, just what they thought about me getting into this, and they thought it'd be a great fit. Uh, and then I talked to some realtors and some home buyers as well to see. Just kind of like interviews, you know, people that I had known that say, you know, do you think there's room for another home inspector in here? And I say, well, yeah, that'd be great. Come on board. And um, it, um, I, the way the, the way I tell the story was, um, I was uh, in my old job. I was getting, uh, I was going to leave, but I had bought the business and I was going to leave in a couple of months. But I ended up getting laid off at uh, on October 15, ninety eight, at uh, noon. Uh, my wife told me she was pregnant with our fourth boy okay. at twelve fifteen, and at, by twelve thirty, I had booked an inspection for four o'clock that afternoon. So, <laughs> there you go. So it started uh, very quickly, and it's been working ever since. So, That's awesome. So it was a great fit. So, yeah, and I found myself in a position that I get up every day loving what I do. That's so, good. I think it shows in. Um, with me when I'm doing the inspections, also with the 
the guys that I have my inspectors on staff, uh, Mark has been with me for, oh boy, 20 years. And then I have uh, uh, Josh who's been with me two years. Uh, so equally as eager to be doing inspections and, and uh, uh, serving customers as Mark and I are. So. Now, I, I was a carpenter in the army and came out and I ended up in mortgages, I guess somewhat related, still kind of real estate. What's the future look like for home inspectors? Maybe folks uh, coming out of the military with some background in construction or anybody out there, you know, what's it look like in your business and what are you saying like in the trades in general? Yeah, uh, there's always opportunity for in the home inspection business. Uh, Virginia started requiring licensing for our profession back in 2017, um, which just like any other trade. I'm surprised there wasn't licensing requirements before then. There, well, there was voluntary licensing, but uh, you know, as with any regulation, it takes time to get um, get everything up and running, and it, it, it just it just became a natural process that eventually we were going to be licensed. And it's still in many states across the uh, country. There's still no licensing for home inspections. Hmm. So, um, so pretty interesting. Uh, and just like with the, any of the other trades, it's uh, you know. A lot of the home inspectors tend to be older, it seems. Um, so there's plenty of opportunity for young people to be getting in, uh, especially if they have uh, background in in, uh, in building and how a house works. Is, how a house works is, is pretty much what you'll need to know. Uh, you know, just like, uh, you know, if you were to talk, just like a doctor, you know, you generally go to a general practitioner to find, you know, to get a baseline as what's going on. Same thing on the home inspection. We, we know, uh, a lot about many things, right? Uh, and then it's just the nature of the business that we, we know to the point how to inspect an item to the point where when we see certain deficiencies that exist, then it's time to bring in a specialist, if you will, is, is better than that's the nature of the business. So you can see foundation cracks, issues, you identify that it looks like a problem and then maybe a foundation specialist should come in. Right, if we see something, uh, to the point where uh, some settling is going on and there, there are significant there's significant movement across the plane of the crack then we'll make recommendations for a specialist to come in okay interesting yes yeah, so now i agree getting home inspection is critically important and can save you from nightmares afterwards i've talked to folks who have purchased without a home inspection and i hear the nightmares you know so and it if you at least know what you're getting into, you can be prepared. And a lot of times you can renegotiate. You, know, you can say, okay, well, here's what we have. The person I mentioned earlier, who's buying the house on the waterfront. It's a great house, beautiful location. So they're trying to renegotiate. They're trying to get a, a better deal, lower the purchase price from the seller to help cover what they're expecting to have and minimally required repairs and improvements just to keep the house sound. Right. Yeah, you, and depending on what's going on market-wise, they may or may not be able to get a lower price because there are people behind them. That's true. That's um, true. Uh, yeah, we're we're still in that tight market. I mean, we traditionally you put your house on the market. You know, when I started, it stayed on the market for a few months sometimes, and now during the pandemic, it was a few hours, and you were getting offers. Now it's getting a little bit more balanced, but we have a huge supply problem. You know, folks that purchased or refinanced during the pandemic are in rates in the twos and threes, 
artificially subsidized, but they're not coming off of those rates and selling those houses. Uh, and you've got a huge bubble of folks approaching and entering the first time buyer age. So there's just a lot more people than houses. And you see it in purchases and rentals. It's almost impossible to get a rental and they're crazy expensive. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, one of the things that we started to see on the inspection side of it is if when folks purchased homes very quickly at the beginning of the pandemic, let's say it was mid 2021, uh, we had already, we're already starting to see people figure out that wasn't the house for them. They bought it quickly. Right. It might be too small, might be too big. It might be not in the right area or location and they're, they might be selling or ready to move. Uh, if they didn't have an inspection done prior to that purchase now, and a new buyer comes in now, they might be finding out what might be going on. In many instances, everything's fine, but in some instances, we might be finding some significant deficiencies that you generally would have come up in, a, in an inspection had, had they had it done prior to their purchase. Uh, one of the things that we're also finding is people that are getting ready, if, they're, if they bought a house the past couple of years with or without an inspection, what they're doing is getting a pre-listing inspection, finding out what's going on with the house before it goes on the market, so what they could do is find out if it's if anything needs to be done or taken care of prior to passing it on to the next buyer or putting it on the market. This way, they can have they can fix something at their own pace versus having to do it in a panic and have it cost a lot more. Right. Or trying to find a contractor that has availability. That and or they could have a, a buyer that finds it and they could lose the contract. So um, you know, you mentioned as years past it. We used to it used to take a while, a couple of weeks at least, uh, if not months, to sell a house, and so it was really important any buyer that came that you could keep that buyer. Right. That, uh, now there's the same sense of urgency, but now we're in we're doing that over a, a multiple day period versus weeks or months. So, right. Right. And that's what it seems is going on. Now this may be more of a realtor question, but if they get that pre-inspection. Are they required to disclose those? Or let's say I put in a contract, or I'm selling a house, contract falls through to home, due to home inspection issues, I put it back on the market. Do I have to disclose those? Or yeah, is that a realtor that's question? That's a realtor question. Okay. Generally, if, uh, if, uh, if they know about it, they generally have to disclose it. Probably the best thing to do is if you know about it and you can do it, fix it. Um, because a lot of stuff like that generally comes up at some point when the during the due diligence with uh, if a buyer is having an inspection uh, or if a neighbor knows what's going on it's, i've been in plenty of inspections <laughs> and we've done uh wow over almost twenty five thousand inspections and it's it wouldn't be unusual for us to be standing outside the house and have a neighbor or two come and tell us want to tell us hey you know you know joe and cindy you have been uh, uh, you know, See, hiding XYZ. Look behind that bush over there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, as a matter of fact, that happened uh, uh, a couple of weeks ago uh, up in the country. It was, um, uh, we were at a house. I was standing outside with, uh, with the buyer and the gentleman came over from diagonally across the street and uh, he was in a rush to tell me, the inspector, and uh, after I introduced the, the buyer to him, 
uh, exactly what was going on with the property with the septic system. And it turned out that the septic system had been capped off. So Yikes. Uh, what it, which was news to the to the buyer, uh, in his, especially being that they had their septic inspection done three hours prior to me arriving. So they did the inspection, the septic inspection at like 10 o'clock in the morning. I show up at one to do the inspection. Now we don't do the septic inspection, but we run a lot of water and flush the toilets. We're running water the whole time we're there, checking, looking to see if there's any leaks and what kind of water flow we have. Uh, we never would have figured out that it was um, the septic system was capped up. Right. But does the septic inspector catch the, that? This, the, to his credit, uh, they disclosed that they could not find where the septic field was which they were making a recommendation for further investigation. Okay. So they would have found out down the road. Right. But had they known when they were there, they could have made the appropriate recommendations and, and given them the, uh, a proper estimate on, hey, this is how you're going to be fixing uh, the septic. The reason why it was capped off was because it was a shared field. It was repair that needed to be made on the field. The lady that owned the place didn't want to pay her share so they said, okay, if you're not paying, we're cutting you off. So then oh, they wow. cut them off. Yeah. And he was in his right to do so. So uh, but it, pretty interesting. Now, had the buyer not done any of this or been there doing this, she never would have found out about it. Um, until it's too late. Until the holidays when everybody was over at the house and then the septic tank started to overflow. Uh, then they would have found out. Something tells me those neighbors would have been over there chatting with the new buyers anyway. <laughs> That's something I'm sure. <laughs> so. They would have been over there with an invoice as soon as they closed. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so let's, uh, let's start to wrap with one thing. If there's one thing you can tell military and other buyers about a home inspection, here's my one piece of advice or don't make this mistake. Yeah. Uh, the, the mistake would be not to have a home inspection, even on a new house, newer construction, uh, brand new construction, if it's never been lived in. Um, there's always an opportunity to learn something about the house that, uh, that you may not have known about. And the reality too about the, the uh, brand new house construction is it's, it's built by humans. Humans tend to either forget or make mistakes. It's not unusual. And even though the code inspections are done, uh, uh, during the building process, there's a lot of things the a home an independent home inspector does versus what a, a county or city code inspector does that, uh, that we can generally find something that is going on that needs to be addressed by the builder. So. Now, I've bought a couple new homes over the years, and what I did, the builders typically have the first year warranty, bumper to bumper, we'll call it, everything is covered. I did a home inspection at like month 10 or 11, yes. and then that was my builder punch list. Yes. Yeah. And that's a great idea. If, if for some reason you choose not to have an inspection on the upfront on a new home, you have one year and wish to make the uh, builder aware of uh, any issues that you're experiencing. And uh, then the builder is obligated under that warranty to repair certain items. My general recommendation is uh, what I tell people, even when I'm inspecting the house prior to them purchasing new construction is uh, just keep your eyes open over that one year, let's say 10 months. Right. If you see something going on that you either have a question about, you can certainly call me. I'd be able to be happy to uh, 
answer any questions that you have. But just keep a list of things that you either have a question or some problems that you're experiencing. Don't call the builder every time that you, you experience, you know, you're annoyed somewhere. Um, just keep a, a list in a, in a drawer that's easy to access, the or even on your phone, just jot this list down, and at the at the 10 month period, have a, an independent home inspector come in, and you can present the home inspector with the list. Hey, these are the things I've been experiencing. We would love to know what's, what you might be going on in, in the home so that we can check them out, so that we can help to uncover something as an issue, or even just let you know that something would be normal as part of a, a how a house is settling in over the first year or so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like every time I take a shower, I hear a strange noise in the wall or something. Right, and yeah. which would be not unusual. So, mm -hmm. but if we if there's an area that we can get you to see what might be going on, we'd be able to either confirm there's a problem or eliminate that as something that would be pretty typical. Very cool. All right, last question. I always like to end with asking. For folks that are moving here, for, for folks that are not familiar with our area, what is your favorite thing about this area? What do you love? What should people know about? Wow, uh, it's the Tidewater area. So I am in, uh, in love with uh, the waterways and our scenery. I'm a sunrise guy, so I like to try to catch sunrises, especially as we're um, so close to the Colonial Parkway, I tend to get up and leave the house early for work. Uh, even though I don't have an appointment until 9 o'clock, <laughs> I like to go into the office early and catch uh, sunrises. And if I'm working late, uh, I like to take the long way home and catch a sunset over the James River. So. Yeah, and you can see some great sunrises and sunsets on the ferry, too. Absolutely. Yeah, so it's always uh, fun when we're working over in the Surrey area or if I'm happen to be in Chesapeake and I can get on the ferry and take a ride over that way. I'd certainly do that, leave a little early and, uh, and take a ride on the ferry. Absolutely. Folks, I, I take the ferry a lot. We have a, a home over in Surrey and I love seeing people that aren't from here and end up on the ferry and didn't expect to, like their navigation took them to the ferry and they're just fascinated. Like, this is free? Like they don't grasp that. They can't believe they're on a boat. It is, uh, it's one of my, that's on my list of favorite things about the area. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, cool. Hey, I've loved having you as a guest today. I've certainly learned a lot. Hopefully our uh, listeners have as well. If somebody has more questions for you or needs a home inspection, how do they find John and Pillar to Post? Yeah, feel free to call us, Pillar to Post Home Inspectors, 757-564. 4454 or our email is we inspect at pillar to post.com. Very cool. Thanks, John. Much appreciated. Thank you, Kevin. Appreciate it. That wraps up another episode of Got Your Six Real Estate Podcast. Remember, you can find new episodes every week at Got Your Six Real Estate Podcast.com. If you found value in today's insights, please subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast platform. Until next week, this is Kevin Amazon, and remember, we've got your fix.